Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Online, this is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. And a great good evening to you wherever you find yourself. Hello and welcome to the locker room. Enjoy 99.7 FM. We begin on a basketball note because for those of you who have been paying attention to what we've got uh, on our screens on Joy News and Joy Prime and those of you who are following us at myjoyonline.com, we had a special feature on Amida Brahma, the latest Ghanaian to feature in the NBA following in the footsteps of Ben Bentil and Pops Bones to Prima. Brahma signed a two-way contract here with the Indiana Pacers a few days ago and scored six points, made three rebounds and two blocks in his first appearance for the Pacers in just nine minutes he was given there. So, Abida has been telling me about his battles in the G League, how his family has been right behind him and, of course, being the second Ghana bread player to feature in the world's biggest basketball league. We'll start with this feature when we return. Yaminta will join me as we begin to do some analysis on what exactly the future holds for Amida Brahma. Here's a feature, Amida. It's such a journey. Born on the streets of Accra and keeping in touch with the dream of playing your basketball at the very top, the pinnacle of the game, the National Basketball Association we love to call the NBA here in Ghana. Surely a path that many Ghanaians only dream of. The difficult footsteps of Ben Bentil and to an extent Pops Mensabonsu, who was even born in London, look improbable for even the brave basketball players on these shores. Amida Brahma, let that sink in. He's the latest Ghanaian and only the second bred in Accra to make the jump. Brian stays as a young man at Happy Home Primary School, afternoon spends as a young adult at the Tudu Lebanon House Court, and time in the Galaxy Basketball Academy in Accra were key to his development. Brian had his college education at the University of Connecticut, where he starred in their basketball team. Starting 69 games, he made 100 appearances for UConn, scored 644 points and recorded 390 rebounds as well as 280 blocks. He made the American Athletic Conference all-rookie team as well. 
Amida was signed by Chicago Bulls in 2017 for the Summer League, although he was included by the San Antonio Spurs. I was waved hands, joined the Austin Spurs. He played 48 games for the Austin Spurs in the G League in the 2017-2018 season, signed for Partizan in the Belgian League, returned to Austin Spurs in 2018-2019 season. He got waived by the Indiana Pacers prior to this season and joined the affiliate Fort Wade Madans in the G League and later signed a two-way contract to feature in the NBA for the Pacers. After two games already with the Pacers, especially with his first taste of NBA action, he scored six points, made three rebounds and two blocks in just nine minutes. Now, meets the new Indiana Pacers man, Amida Brimer. It's been a great, it's been a, a tedious journey, you know, just coming from Ghana and just like, we all know that Ghana is not a huge country when it comes to, when it comes to basketball, so... Uh, just like going to co- coming into high school and going to college, you know. So it's been a great, it's been a, it's been a challenging journey, journey. But I think, I think, I, I eventually, I mean, it's worth it. It's worth the, the trials and the tribulations that came that that I had to go through to get to where I am now, you know. And um, yeah, as uh, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited and stoked to be here right now. Right. So, did you see the move coming? I mean, were you were you giving hints or it, it hit you by surprise? So, I would, I would say it caught me by surprise because um, going into the G League bubble, like going into the G League bubble, I did not. I was coming. I'm just coming off an ACL tear, and like um, I've taken two years off of just like you know just rehabbing and just getting ready for getting ready trying to come to make sure I'm, when I come back, I'm gonna be. Just been locked in and just like trying to prepare myself for for whenever I come back, I'm gonna be 100% go, you know. So it's I, I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting like I mean I'm doing all this because I want to be ready whenever the opportunity arises. But like I wasn't expecting that to happen because I've been healthy for three years already before this happened. So like so that, and nothing happened. So when the way it happened was very crazy because I went to. I was having um I, I went to I came to train I've been to training camp with the Pacers the year I tore my ACL and then I came to training camp with them this year and I couldn't play I couldn't even play in training camp because uh I had to figure out some stuff with my visa and um I couldn't play I couldn't play so I was uh even going to the G League bubble that we had 15 games in G League but I was only able to play 10 because I was still figuring out my visa stuff and 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 uh, so coming off an injury. And going into the bubble, I went into the bubble playing. I went into the bubble just playing, not playing any full court, no competition, no five on five, nothing. I literally went from an ACL tear into straight playing games. So it was like I didn't get, I was only able to play one pickup. So like when I was in the bubble, I wasn't playing at my full best. So I was like the only team that knew how good I am all how good I am would be the Pacers because nobody knows how good I am because if you want to compare, if you want to base, call me off base off what I did in the bubble, I don't think I did enough to be called up in the bubble, like for what I did in the bubble because I was all, I was still kind of probably like 85%. I was not my full 100% yet at that at that point, you know? So, so when this, so I was, but then when I went back home, I started feeling back. I started again feeling like I'm back to my normal self. I'm feeling better than my normal self. I'm actually jumping higher, like I was moving really good. So, 
I was like, all I'm waiting for right now is an opportunity. And my talking to my agent is like, you know, this around this week or next week, things are gonna start picking up. But like, we don't know. It's just all, all up in the air. So I just I actually wasn't all. I went to a, a birthday. My my second family here. I went to the birthday of the mom, and then um, we went to the birthday. And after and that day, we got there. It was like four hours from where I live. The day we got there, I got calls. My I got a call from my agent telling me I'm on the list of people they're trying to call up mm. for 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 the patients. And then he calls me again and was like, "Are oh, you on the short list?" And I was like, "Okay." And I didn't want to. I didn't want to get too excited. To be honest, I was like trying to keep an even. You know, I didn't want to get too emotionally high and just like, and it not happening. I'm just gonna be disappointed. So I was just like trying to stay even and level with my emotions. And and then, you know. And then, and then he calls me again. It's like they're actually considering signing you. So they're actually considering signing you. And then when he said that to me, I was like, "Oh, okay. I think I'm gonna have to." Uh, it's like you need to, you need to pack your stuff and come back and go back home because when that happens, it's all it happens. It all happens quick because like as soon as that happened, they're like, "Book a flight. You gotta go." You know. So so I literally took. I got there the, the day and I leave the next day four-hour drive, came back, and then uh, I got a call, and then I was I was going about my routine, like, you know, I usually do, I work out in the morning, and then do basketball at night, so I, after my lift, I was like, I gotta go fix my phone, and you know, get a new phone, and then on my way to get a phone, I get a call from my agent, and it's like, welcome to the NBA, and I was, that was when, and then literally, from that call to whenever my flight was, three hours later, my flight was booked to come to Indiana. Well, that's some story. That's some story. Yeah, yeah, that's some story. So how did it dawn on you? I mean, how did you take it? I mean, that you were going into the NBA proper, knowing your background, where you started from, the country you're coming from and everything. How big was this to you? So for me, like, the, the dream and the goal has always been, it hasn't, it hasn't always been just about me. It's not about just me. It's about... It's about my family. It's about all those kids in Ghana, just like me, that were like that. Don't know if like yo, they can make it to the NBA. They can make it to even to college. Like not just the NBA, because the NBA is the top of the top. It's like even making it to college, being in like the top colleges in America, like being in the being even playing in the G League. Like you know, like my my what I wanted to do was just paint that picture for those kids that are coming up, learning how to play basketball, giving them some hope. To like okay. If a meter can do it, we can do it. Cause I was just like, just like them, you know. I'm, and I have a long way to go still. But like, but I was just like them. Like I was, my coach when I was in Ghana, Hashim was was the one who forced me to come. Like, yo, go to the like, we I need come. Like he forced him to come to the court, do this and that. So I was literally just like them. I was like, I didn't want to play basketball, you know. Like it was, it was. I'm so me just painting that picture and letting them know that. If I can do it, you can do it. And you can even do way better than I, I did, you know? So, like, that's what I want to do. I want to be, like, that image and that, that I guess, role model or whatever you can call it for those kids that are looking forward to be in, in the situation that I am or even better. Excellent stuff. I mean, let, let's let's talk about what your ambitions are then. Now you are right in the NBA. You are on the big time. Everybody's going to be paying attention to you. We've already started watching videos. We're following your games. We're looking at it. We're very happy about it. What, what are you hoping to achieve with the Pacers? 
So me right now, I'm just trying to play my role and whatever role the coach wants me to play, I'm going to come whenever I step on the court, I'm making sure I'm playing that role. And, and that's another thing. Like you, it's, it's very important that you know your role and what you what what the team is expecting from you. So I know what my role is, and whenever I step on that court, I'm bringing that every time I step on that court. And and right now, if what they want from me is to rebound and set good screens and block shots, that's what I'm gonna do. And and whatever role the team wants me to do is what I'm willing to do at this point. And with. Good stuff, good stuff. And we're looking forward to it. The whole of the country is right behind you. Now, uh, I, I know how difficult it is to, to, to make the transition to college, make the transition to the, to the, you know, the G League, and then make the transition in there. I'm sure there's some basketball players who are probably somewhere along the line hoping to get where you are. What would be your advice? Because I was watching a few videos, Connecticut University, you were really doing your, your good stuff. Then we watched a lot of your, your G League videos, and here you are today. What kind of advice have you got for people just along the line, somewhere, you know, on the same path, trying to get to where you are? I would say, I would say, obviously, it's, it's, we, we, we need more opportunities in Ghana, and I think, I think the government should be, like, more invested in, in basketball because basketball is becoming a huge sport now, you know? So I think the government should be more invested into it. But I think so we can get more opportunities to be able to, like, you know, display the talent. Because I think Ghana has a lot of talent. It's just like we don't have the, we don't have the, how do you call it, the opportunities to be able to do that. But I think what I would say to those kids is just, like, you don't, you never give up. Like, if you believe that, you have to believe in yourself first before anything. And, like, it starts, like, and it starts all begins with the hard work. Whenever you work hard, you whenever you work hard, it's easy for you to believe in yourself. But when you're not working hard, it's hard for you to believe in yourself because you don't like what are you what are you what are you basing your beliefs on? So I think I what I would say to them is you just keep working hard and just keep putting a hundred percent off. And whenever you step on that court, whenever you're you're on that court and like I'm about to go work out, you're putting a hundred percent and just keep working hard. Right. Just a, just a final one before I let you go. Um, you spoke a lot about your family. How, for instance, did your mother, your father, take the news that you are in big time NBA? I mean, I mean, how did they take the news when they heard it? Yeah, they were ecstatic. They were ecstatic. Uh, like I have, I have. So I, I technically I have two families. I have one back home, Ghana, and I, I have one here. So they're both. Both families are so ecstatic. They're like they're. Because they know how hard I work, they know how long I've been working to be in this position. Like it was, it could have been easy for me to just say no I'm, and give up. But they, I, I was like, no. Like there are too many kids that look up to me for me to just say no. I'm, and there might not be kids in America, but I, I know for sure there's so many kids in Ghana that like look up to me. And I was, I and then they know how hard I work, and that's what, they, and that that is what makes them happy. Just like them seeing all my hard work that I've put in coming to fruition. Do you, do you remember your, 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 the first lines uh, from your mom or your dad when, when they realized you were there? Do you remember the first lines? Uh, not, not really. My dad was my dad, my dad was so surprised because I called, I actually called because my mom, my mom is kind of like, she stresses too much. So I called my dad when I, when I started getting those calls, I called my dad and I was like, hey, um, I apparently the the pace was trying to sign me, but I don't want to tell him yet until it's official. I called him and he was like, he couldn't even sleep. And after I called him, he couldn't sleep because he was so excited just off me calling him that dad trying to sign. Like, 
decided to sign you. My mom was excited, excited, excited. Right. Yeah. Right, it's good stuff. And uh, I guess these days you've got uh, very busy schedules and you will have to grant interviews and you have to do this. We have to say a very, very big thank you. And uh, we're going to do our very best to ensure that we... We, we tell the good news and, 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 and keep you in mind and keep you in prayers like we do it here in Ghana. And uh, obviously be looking out for what you can do with it. But how are you, how are you flowing with your, with your teammates already? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. All the, all the players are so, like, this group is, is a great group. They're very friendly. And uh, when I first got here, like, they, like, Malcolm, Brighton, and uh, my Sabonis, uh, like, they're like, we need you. We need you. We need you. And, like, and that them telling me they didn't need me was just enough for me to be like, okay, like I didn't just come here just to be called up. I came here for a purpose, and and that was one of the confident people for me. And I think it was important that I get told that. So it's been a great group. But he shot it with his palms up. He's got the elevation to take it hard and strong and go at the rim, palms down, which means you're above it and you're ready to dunk. Yeah, Amida Brahma swimming in NBA waters. Time to do the analysis. For all your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. On radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. All right, joining me with some analysis in the studio, Yao Minta of Right Sports. He's the basketball writer. How are you doing, Yao, this evening? I'm doing good, George. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you, and it's great to be talking same about. Here, uh, yes, it's great to talk about Ghanaian blood right in the NBA. It's been an interesting journey for uh, Amida Brahma, and he's been on our television screens all through the day. But now, you've been following this very closely. In fact, you followed him throughout what he did in Ghana, you know, playing with, with the Galaxy uh, Basketball Academy and yep. going through, I think you followed him as well in the G League and all. Yep. But can you tell us what you make of his performances so far? He has had, what, some cameo before, I mean, cameo appearances anyway. What, what, has, what have you made of that so far? Um, I've been impressed um, with his um, performance in limited minutes in the NBA because um, you put... Um, his total minutes he's played together. He's played just 15 minutes okay. um, across three games. And um, you look at his raw stats, um, he has six um, six points, um, three rebounds and three blocks. And if you have three blocks in three games, um, that's quite impressive because uh, at the end of the day, he's a defender um, who is um, at an athletic rim protector. He protects the basket and blocking shots is um, a trait of rim protection. So for me, once I see that um, he's been active on that end, that, that for me um, tells the story. Good. Let's have a look at the Indiana Pacers for those who are coming to it. I mean, you, you give us an idea of why they thought they needed, you know, Amida Brahma. It's important to note that there have been a number of waving, you know, some, some, I think Antonio Spurs, you know, did a wave and he's, he's gone to... Uh, a period of top clubs waving him and all. So why did the Indiana Pacers feel like this was a the time they needed this boy? 
Um, it was down to um, opportunity. Like um, Brahma mentioned that um, Ghana needs opportunities yeah. to be able to get to the elite level in basketball. And the reason why he missed out on getting a call-up to those big teams that you mentioned, San Antonio Spurs. Mm. He played for Brooklyn Nets. He played for Chicago Bulls. The reason why he couldn't get onto the main roster for those teams was down to opportunity. With Indiana, he's been with Indiana for the past two seasons. And this is the time he gets the opportunity yeah. because of a slew of injuries hmm. to the Indiana Pacers, power forwards and centers. Um, he mentioned Domanta Sabonis. He's an NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Star. He's hit um, Miles Turner, who was in the running to become um, Defensive Player of the Year. He's also hit, and he's out indefinitely. Hmm. You know, there, there's no um, time limit on um, or timeline on his on his recovery from the from his injury. Yeah. And on top of that. Um, they are, they are a sophomore player. That's Goga Betati. He's also injured. And you look at their roster, and there are they are, they are guys they have in the front court positions. And the front court positions, I mean, are the center positions and the, the power forward positions, mainly the defensive um, um, spots. They are, they are guys who measure up to six foot seven. And size matters in the in, in the NBA size matters in basketball and when you look at Amida Amida is 6 foot 10 mm. and he has a, a 7 a 7 foot 6 wingspan yeah so that makes him overly qualified to to fill up um in the absence of those guys and that's why he he has finally been able to make the the roster in 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 the NBA or for an an NBA team um at at the Indiana Pacers because he had the opportunity the opportunity um came his way it broke for him. Hmm. But unfortunately, in other um, teams that he was on, the opportunity didn't break for him. Um, in the G League, he played for the San Antonio Spurs affiliate team in the G League. That's hmm. the Austin Spurs. Yep. He won the G League title with the Austin Spurs. He was named to the um, G League all-defensive team, first team, yeah. with the Austin Spurs. But unfortunately... At that time, San Antonio Spurs had guys like Lamarcus Aldridge playing the center position. And they had enough, about two or three backups. So it's very difficult to break in, despite the fact that you, you do all, all those great works in the G League. So the opportunity didn't come his way. And it was the same story um, with, with Chicago Bulls. It was the same story with Brooklyn Nets. And unfortunately, last season, when things started to show up or there were bright spots starting to show up he tore his ACL My ACL he spoke about it yeah, yeah he tore his ACL so it's been a series of um, lack of opportunities and I would say a little bit of hard luck that's why he's at this position um, in time but uh, now that they, uh, he, he's been able to get the opportunity I'm just happy he's, he's making the most out of it and um, I'm pretty sure um, in the subsequent games there are about eight nine regular season games left for the Indiana Pacers to play I'm pretty sure he will get enough minutes and on top of that another great break for him he's on a two-way contract back in the day the NBA didn't allow players on two-way contracts to play in the playoffs mm. because of the effects of COVID and uh, the compressed nature of the NBA regular season schedule now they they've altered that rule a little bit and they've they've made it possible for players on two-way contracts to be able to play in the playoffs this season and you look at the indiana pacers back in the day they wouldn't have been able to 
um, be in a top spot for a playoff. <laughs> but now, because of the 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 altered schedule because of COVID, now the NBA um, is set to deploy a playing tournament. So teams that end the season, the regular season, in the seventh place, the eighth place, the ninth place, and the tenth place in the respective conferences, they are eligible to compete in the playing tournament for the final two spots in the playoffs. And Indiana Pacers, they are in the mix. They are in that mix. So it's possible that they might make it to the playoffs and we'll get to see Amida Abraima play more games um, for the Indiana Pacers. So it's, it's after, all good. It's it sounding so good. After yeah. going through all the trials yeah. and tribulations, yeah. things are finally breaking his way. And I'm hopeful that he'll be able to stick around and he, um, he'll be able to move on from this two-way contract mm. and earn some long-term security. Um, and at least maybe a million dollars in guarantee <laughs> money. Uh, then we'll start talking. Yeah, yeah, not talking about him. That, yeah this it's guy good. is here to stay for real. At least if he's able to get um, a six-year, seven-year career in the NBA under his belt, that's a good start. And, and he'll be able to right. open the doors for the guys behind him, the generation after him. Good. We, we, don't, we don't have so much time and we, we definitely have a big, big basketball assignment uh, we've got to deal with. Let me ask you this question because he's, a, he's just the second Ghana bread player to yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, so, but how Bento was the first. Bento was the first. Yeah, the second D boy, right? Second, I'm a second D guy. <laughs> you're, you're a second D guy. So, I'm so very, you're very proud of him. You're proud of Bento. Yeah. So, tell me, um, how do how how do the two compare? I mean, yeah. the path of uh, Amida and then the path of uh, Bento, especially Bento was drafted and all. I mean, how how, how do you put it two together? Comparing um, Amida's Amida's path is different from Bento's path. Very, yeah. and it, it all boils down to their respective positions. Yeah, um, Bento is a score first, small forward. He plays a small forward position. Mm. Amida. Is a defensive first, old school type of defender. Mm. Protect the rim, protect the rim, alter shots, uh, make it tough on 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 scorers to be able to score the basket. Bento is a score first guy. He plays in Panathinaikos in Greece now. Mm. Um, they are top tier league in in Greece now. Uh, Panathinaikos Basketball Club. Their, their recent game, they beat AEK Athens 104 to 95 points. Yeah. In in 15 minutes, Bento scored 14 points. Yeah. He's that kind of player. Hmm. So, and you look at now, the way the NBA, um, the trend is going, it's all down to offense. Once you're able to score points, you get you get a little bit of shine. Yeah. And and that's, that's what Bento got going for him earlier on in his career because... He was able to shine when he played in college hmm. for Providence College, and he was he was drafted um, 51st overall in the 2016 NBA draft by the Boston Celtics because he averaged 20 points in his second season hmm. at Pro- Providence um, College. But with Abmida, he was named the ACC Defensive Player of the Year when he was at University of Connecticut, and he he, he averaged about two two point eight blocks per game. But once you are averaging eight points per game. It doesn't really catch the eye of a lot of scouts because, like I said, now the in thing with the NBA is it's about the points. It's yeah. about the points. Yeah. So they want a, a center who can score points. They want a center who can shoot three pointers the way Joel Embiid does. Hmm. So 
if you are not that type and you are sort of different, it, it makes it a bit challenging. That's 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 where their their parts um, varies, all right, and that's all right. where Benzo mm. got the nod a little bit ahead of Brimer. But all the same, they, they, Ooh, they made it a lot to from Brimer on that one. They made it to that level and. Um, we are all proud of them. Right, so, so the, uh, I guess their games over the weekend? Their games over the weekend? Yeah, their games over the weekend. The pieces are in, on, in there? Yeah, yeah. On Sunday, that's May 2, yeah. um, they played the Oklahoma City Thunder um, on Sunday. And Oklahoma City Thunder, after the the, the exit of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, yep. Kevin Durant, they are now in rebuilding mode. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure uh, Amida will get more than um, nine minutes. I'm pretty sure he'll get an extensive run right. um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder because mm. thus far in three games, the highest number of minutes he's played nine is minutes. nine minutes. Nine minutes. So right. I'm pretty sure he will be able to get into the double digits um, uh, mark in terms right. of um, uh, minutes played. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean, tell him to say thank you very much uh, for it. You'll you, you, you stay. We, we may have to do a little bit of football at the end of this one. No but problem. thank you very much for the basketball bit. We'll have to jump straight into Formula 1. I know you love Formula 1 as well. We're heading straight to the Portuguese Grand Prix to have a little chat on that one as we switch up here on The Locker Room. McLaren as Lando Norris takes another podium in Formula One. A super drive from him this afternoon. All right, let's. So let's get on to the line right now. It's Raymond Yamada joining me to do the analysis as we look forward to the Portuguese Grand Prix. Raymond, how are you doing? I'm doing well, George. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It's really good to have you on, and uh, we can spend a few seven minutes on how we go through this one. Yeah, I was checking it. Louis, I mean, Hamilton headed the, I mean, I mean, actually headed Max Verstappen by 0.143 seconds to lead the way in the second practice. We're looking forward to third practice, Portuguese Grand Prix, but there are so many things to try and unravel. So we know Max and Hamilton definitely have shared the opening races of the season amongst themselves. Uh, but with Red Bull seemingly having the fastest car, are, are we are we seeing what we're expected to see? Well, George, I think that we've seen Mercedes dominate Formula One over the last few years, and it was just going to be a matter of time uh, for us to see another car actually challenge them because Ferrari clearly um, did lose a bit of pace when it comes to the competition itself, and so. Once Max Verstappen was showing glimpses of brilliance last season, we were always going to get to the point where he was going to be in the position to challenge uh, the seven-time winner. Now, you look at Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton this season, there's very little to, you know, 
there's very little to separate both drivers. And the only thing that you could talk about is the fact that Lewis Hamilton is an accomplished driver. He's a seasoned winner. And he definitely doesn't give up in races. And so um, you look at Mercedes actually conceding that the performance, uh, there's a performance deficit as far as, you know, their chassis is concerned and Red Bull's RB16B is concerned. And so, you know, it's quite clear that mm. when it comes to the performance of both cars, um, Red Bull is in the lead. What now has to happen is that we have to see Max Verstappen through a lot of metal, through a lot of fight. And he's actually shown a bit of that in the, in the, at the start of the season. We've seen Lewis Hamilton, you know, also show a lot of brilliance. And you look at that last race, you know, at the Emilia-Romagna, uh, where he clearly was out of that race. He was almost out of that race when he was actually trapped in the gravel. And he managed to reverse, get back in at P9. And managed to finish at P2. That clearly tells you the kind of driver Lewis Hamilton is. He actually made the fastest lap in that race, making him, you know, the, the current leader on the leaderboard. And so it clearly tells you that um, he still has a lot of experience. He still has a lot of hunger. The determination is there, mm. despite the fact that the chances may not be as, you know, as sweet as we yeah. want it to be. He's still showing that he's still Lewis Hamilton, and he's one that we should look forward to as far as competition this year is concerned. All right, Raymond. Uh, Ferrari have dominated in Portugal. We know winning seven out of six races. In- in Portimao. Uh, the big question is what do we expect from them, especially looking at the performances of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz? Well, it's been a mixed bag for both drivers this season and I think that uh, both drivers are still in that you know, storming stage. It will take some time for both drivers to get used to each other. Carlos Sainz, you know, moving in from McLaren, uh, clearly an accomplished driver. Uh, we saw his performances for McLaren. He's a good driver. Leclerc himself he showed a lot of brilliance driving against, uh, driving with um, Vettel. And so clearly you, can, you could always tell that looking at the improvement in the Ferrari chassis this season, where they've gone for a power unit that clearly seems to be uh, much, much better than the, the, the unit we saw last year. And Ferrari themselves, you know, very disappointed in the kind of performance they put up last season because they finished fifth in the Constructor Series. The last time Ferrari went that low was in the 1980s when they finished tenth, And so it clearly tells you that, you know, a lot of improvement was needed this season. And so the chances itself is not looking bad. Uh, the power unit seems to be good. We saw them in Bahrain. In Bahrain, uh, I think that Leclerc finished in sixth position and Carlos Sainz finished in eighth. Not very impressive, but we saw them, you know, in Imola where Leclerc finished fourth, Carlos Sainz finished fifth. And so, you know, it's going to take some time, but they are showing a lot of promise. And I'm expecting that once they get used to each other, once they get used to the chances, they I'm sure Ferrari will take a claim for the title this season. But I think it's early days if we are expecting them to perform in Portimao. I think it's early days yet. And maybe um, after the season was on, we'll see the brilliance of Ferrari. Okay, Raymond, let's end with your podium predictions. It's been a while since we got on this. Uh, what are you expecting? And uh, I understand how topsy-turvy it's been already uh, the beginning of the season, but you have to be a brave man. And I know you are one. So what, what, well, what are you George, seeing there? <laughs> <laughs> this is quite in, impossible to predict. It's quite impossible to predict because you, you even look at what's happening in practice. Um, you have Vatel Reporters winning in practice one. You have uh, Lewis Hamilton dominating in practice two. We don't know what happened in practice three. And, you know, interestingly, this is the first time this season Lewis Hamilton has actually topped in practice. And so, 
you know, a lot is at stake in this particular one. But, you know, uh, you look at both drivers and what happened in Portimao last season. You know, it was at Portimao, Lewis Hamilton finally broke Michael Schumacher's record, you know, of, from 91, moving from 91 to 92. Yeah, yeah. And so, Lewis Hamilton would definitely be hoping that he, he, he would have a repeat of this. Portimao definitely would give him good memories. And so, he's still favorite to win this one, regardless of how you look at it. He's still favorite to win this one, especially looking at his performance from losing position to actually finish P2 in the last race. So, I think Max Verstappen definitely will be challenging, but not right of Valtteri Bottas, because in the last race at Portimao, Valtteri Bottas you know, did, you know, have a go at Lewis Hamilton before he finally lost the race. And so, I think that if you are looking at podium finishes, we should expect Lewis Hamilton to win this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely, Max Verstappen would finish in the top three. But I still think that Valtteri Bottas may just finish second behind Lewis Hamilton. Looking at his experience on that circuit and looking at what he's done in practice and how he seems to understand that Portimao circuit. I think that we're going to see a Mercedes 1-2 and possibly Max Verstappen should slip to third this weekend. Raymond Nyamado, as always, a big thank you on the show and we look forward to the action of the Portuguese Grand Prix. Raymond, uh, a definite uh, Formula 1 expert joining us on the show for this one. It's just about time then to switch up again. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. And that's why we've got football for you. We start with the European football. So much happening in the UEFA Champions League. A number of Chelsea fans uh, just hoping that things will work out. And I think Man City fans as well. You're looking forward to an English final if you are. And uh, we saw something happening as well in the Europa League with Manchester United doing as much as uh, they could, winning by six goals to two against AS Roma. Here's the BBC's John Bennett as we had a wonderful chance at the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. When we come back, we'll give you the updates. And just on my screen here in uh, the studio as well, WTA ongoing Madrid Open. We're getting ready, getting ready for the French Open. So more clay courts tournaments up there. Nando, the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. Thanks, John, for your time on the show as always. And surely happy times in English football as two English teams look to be in the driving seats of their respective UCL ties. Albeit Chelsea's grip not looking so firm. Nonetheless, both Chelsea and Manchester City put up impressive performances in their way legs. What are the odds in seeing another all-English UCL final in just under four years? Yes, they're both in the driving seat, aren't they? With uh, some brilliant performances away from home. Chelsea may be a little bit frustrated that they didn't take full advantage when Real Madrid were really struggling in that first half in Madrid. But still, they'd have taken 1-1 at the start of the game, a crucial away goal. And Manchester City, brilliant second-half performance. Pep Guardiola deserves so much praise for turning things around in that second 45 minutes. And I think those two away goals will be enough for Manchester City. Yes, you can see Paris Saint-Germain scoring in Manchester, but they have to score twice. And and can you really see PSG keeping a clean sheet against Manchester City in that second leg? I, I think both English teams, big favourites to get through to the final. Chelsea, honestly, could have secured the same scoreline as City had Timo Werner taking his shooting boots along to Madrid. For all his non-scoring contributions and positive effects on Chelsea's play, do you see Tuchel looking beyond him? Yeah. Are his performances fooling more talk of a striker possibly joining in the summer? 
I feel sorry for Timo Werner. It's just not happening for him. I, I, I hope that they, they give him time. And listen, they've certainly been very patient. You can't accuse Thomas Tuchel or Frank Lampard before him not giving uh, Timo Werner the opportunities. I'm sure it'll come, but at the moment, it's a bit of bad luck, a lack of confidence as well. What surprises me is the fact that Tammy Abraham isn't being given more opportunities. He did well, didn't he, this season before really falling out of favour under Thomas Tuchel. And it must be so frustrating for him to watch on as Timo Werner misses chance after chance after chance and he doesn't get an opportunity. I think it's one goal in his last 16 for Timo Werner. And Tammy Abraham is a player who's come through the youth system and he's not that young anymore, is he? But maybe that, that fact that he wasn't brought in as a big signing means that Thomas Tuchel isn't throwing him in and giving him more opportunities. Or maybe he just doesn't rate him as a player. But I think you're right. There is a lot of talk of a new striker arriving in the European summer. Romelu Lukaku is being mentioned. And that wouldn't surprise me at all. The fact is that Timo Werner can play as a central striker, but also out wide. So even if someone like Lukaku came in, I don't think that would be the end for Timo Werner. But certainly it's a big final few weeks of the season for Werner to prove that he can be that Chelsea central striker. Mauricio Pochettino and Paris Saint-Germain capitulated after 45 minutes at the Parc de Prince. After last year's impressive display and knocking out a Bayern this year, everyone believed the French Giants had finally come of age. Is PSG's 45-minute implosion a case of returning ghosts or simply Manchester City's true identity? It was just too hot for them. A bit of both. I didn't like the way that PSG lost their heads towards the end of the game with Idrissa Gay, for example, getting sent off for that horrendous challenge. Um, I thought PSG really shook off that that tag that they've had of, of being um, psychologically weak when they played against Bayern Munich because I thought in the second leg their game management was fantastic. I, I do feel you just have to praise Manchester City. The way they cut off the supply line to Neymar, to Kylian Mbappe. Neymar was running the show, wasn't he? He was like an NFL quarterback in the first half, but he hardly got a kick in the second half, and I think that was down to Manchester City. Uh, apparently, according to Kevin De Bruyne, they changed the way they pressed PSG, and it really made a massive difference. So I, I would credit Manchester City more than I would criticise Paris Saint-Germain. Kylian Mbappe failed to get a shot on target in the first leg of the PSG versus City encounter after previously scoring eight goals in ten Champions League appearances. Haaland also failed to get on the score sheet when Dortmund faced the citizens. And that follows a string of impressive defensive performances by Pep's team. So, after quite a seemingly long wait, does Pep finally have the perfect centre-back duo in Diaz and Stones? Yeah, I was disappointed by Kylian Mbappe's performance, I have to say. But yeah, that, that, that duo of Ruben Diaz and John Stones, wonderful. Uh, I, I think Ruben Diaz, quite rightly, is getting most of the praise. But I, I feel that John Stones, maybe his performances are being a bit underrated as well. Uh, I was at the... Uh, they actually lost the game, but I was at the Etihad Stadium a couple of weeks ago to see Manchester City play live against Leeds. And John Stones was just superb in that game. Um, right until the end when Leeds scored, I have to say, maybe slightly at fault for, for the winning goal at the end that Leeds scored. But he's having a great season, John Stones, and I think the Ruben Diaz is getting the best out of him, but John Stones is also getting the best out of Ruben Diaz. They complement each other so well. So, yes, Pep Guardiola has found a real winning combination in, in those two. John, let's talk the Europa League action too. What did you make of Manchester United and Arsenal? Are they good enough to make the final and win it? Yeah, what a performance by Manchester United. 2-1 down at half-time to win 6-2. I think they're there. 
they're into the final. There's no way Roma can come back into it, despite the fact they've got two away goals. Brilliant performance. As for Arsenal, you know what? Poor performance. But in the end, that is not such a bad result. Getting an away goal uh, to take back to the Emirates Stadium. Hopefully, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will be fully fit next week. Maybe Lacazette will be fit as well. That is not such a bad result. They need to step it up, don't get me wrong. Arsenal need to step it up. That wasn't a good performance, particularly in the first half. I thought they were completely off it. They will need a massive performance. But we have seen that from Arsenal in cup competitions. Remember, they won the FA Cup last season under, under Mikel Arteta. So we know on their day they can really raise their game. And they have enough on paper to, to beat this Villarreal team. This is not Atletico Madrid. This is not Real Madrid or Barcelona. This is Villarreal. Arsenal have enough to beat Villarreal. Don't get me wrong, they're a really good team managed by Unai Emery, who is a genius when it comes to the Europa League. But Arsenal, on their day, can win this tie. But they need to step it up. They need to really prove to their fans that they have the character, the mental strength to win these types of games. They certainly have the quality. There's quality players in that team. Odegaard, Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang, if they're fit, can win this game for Arsenal. So 2-1 in the end considering the way they played, considering the way they started that game, is not such a bad result to take to, to the Emirates Stadium. Leicester came from a goal behind to secure a big win against Crystal Palace last weekend, strengthening their grip on the third spot. Despite the last-minute downfall last season, Brendan Rodgers' side look more sure this time around. So what exactly has been the Foxes' What exactly has been the Foxes' turning point of the season? And do you fancy them staying in third by the end of the season? Brendan Rodgers has been the key. Everyone talks about Liverpool's injury record. And yes, they've had a long injury list. But Leicester City have had a huge injury list this season. Name a key player. At one point this season, they've been injured. The likes of Vardy, the likes of uh, Ndidi, the likes of James Madison. But Brendan Rodgers has found a way to cope with that, to change formation, to change, not the style of play, the style remains the same, but... The, the formation, the setup, the organisation of the team. It's been brilliant to watch. Brendan Rodgers has really, since that that time he had at Liverpool after they nearly won the league, lost a bit of his reputation, re- restored it in Scotland, but everyone said, yeah, but, you know, it was, it was easy to win the league in Scotland at that time because Rangers weren't the force they were. They've only just, under Steven Gerrard, returned to, to being the winning team that they used to be. But at Leicester City, he's really restored his reputation and increased it as well. He's done an amazing job, Brendan Rodgers. And I, I do feel, despite the fact they've got some really tough fixtures towards the end of the season, I do feel that Leicester City will get into the top four this season. John, big, big, big game on Sunday. Uh, will be covered on the Joy Sports Arena via BBC Sports World as the Red Devils host the ailing Liverpool Reds. In a season where Liverpool seem to have forgotten how to play their football, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has quietly got his United side going and as Liverpool chase a top four finish, United will be looking to finish the season on high and inflict more pain on their sleeky adversaries from Messi's side. What should we expect? Well, it's a must win, isn't it, for Liverpool and they're playing a Manchester United team who now will be confident of going through to the Europa League final. So, won't really have to rest players, I don't think, for that second leg against Roma. Maybe if it had been closer, that Manchester United-Roma game, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer may well have rested a few players so that he could have them fresh for the second leg. But I don't think he needs to now. So this is going to be a full-strength Manchester United team, full of confidence against the Liverpool side, 
who just can't seem to get it right at the moment. That draw against Newcastle was really damaging to their hopes of getting into the top four. There is no room for error this weekend. Liverpool have to win the game. They have to go for it. Their performance has to be better. They can't drop points in this game. But I feel the way Manchester United are playing, it's their, they are in a great position and Liverpool are there for the taking. So I think that Manchester United go into this game as favourites. Finally, John, aside the eye-catching games, which games would you be closely monitoring? I'd guess Chelsea, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Manchester City, Arsenal, Newcastle will dominate your list. Yeah, Chelsea, Fulham will be interesting because Thomas Tuchel will rotate the team and that might give Fulham a chance. I, I think Fulham have to win this game to keep their hopes alive of staying up. Manchester City, two wins away from winning the Premier League. I think they'll get the first three of those six points against Crystal Palace. Arsenal, Newcastle... It's interesting because Newcastle are back in form and Arsenal, again, will have to rest players, I think, because they've got the Europa League semi-final coming up. So maybe that's an opportunity for the likes of Alan St. Maximan and Callum Wilson, maybe to, to cause some damage to Arsenal. Newcastle are full of confidence at the moment. I think they're going to stay in the Premier League. Uh, the shackles are off. So maybe they might be able to get a win against Arsenal. Thank you very much, John, for your time on the show. It was a pleasure to have John Bennett alongside on the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. Time to check out the big games to come. Remember, we've got one big one for you on the Joy Sports Arena. Joy Sports, Moses Yabo has got this. Atletico Madrid could breathe a sigh of relief heading into their weekend clash with Elche after Barcelona failed to go top of the standings following a shocking 2-1 loss at home to Granada last night. Athletic with 73 points top the league table, two above Real Madrid who will host Osasuna and two above Barca who have a tricky test on Sunday against Valencia. Inter Milan's dreams of winning the Italian Serie A is getting closer and closer. This weekend, Antonio Conte and his men will travel to Crotone, hoping to further stamp their authority at the summit. Inter are top with 79 points, 11 points above Atalanta who travel to Sassuolo, 13 ahead of third place Napoli and 13 above fourth place Juventus who play away to Udinese. Fifth place AC Milan also on 66 points will host Benevento. And in the Premier League, the blockbuster clash will be at the Theatre of Dreams, Old Trafford, when Manchester United take on Liverpool, and that will be a commentary game on Sports Arena on Sunday. Thank you very much. Moses Yabois. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. And we can talk the Ghana Premier League right now. Match day 22 fixtures already began. Wafa beat Brickham Chelsea at the Golden City Park by three goals to two. Amazing points for them. We'll be talking to Saidwa Double shortly. Now, though, let's check out the games to come. And match day 22, we got a plump. Yeah, quite a number of games to go through. Here is Joy Sports Haruna Mubarak. Asante Kotoko have an uphill task of bouncing back against Legon Cities as they travel to the capital to honor this match day 22 fixture. Coach Mariano Barreto and his players will be hoping to reclaim their top spot position with a win against the Royals. New recruit Solomon Safutela has been included in the match day squad for the very first time since his arrival. Legon Cities are also seeking to avoid relegation and will go all out to claim all three points. They are placed in the 15th position on the league log with 20 
93 points, and a defeat could see them drop in the relegation zone. The Royals have been boosted by the return of former Black Stars captain Asamoajan ahead of the game. The country's all-time top scorer made a return from injury to end some game time against Dreams FC in that 1-1 draw at the Accra Sports Stadium. Asamoajan is expected to play a part against Asante Kotoko and will be in search of his first goal of the season against the Ghana Premier League Giants. House of Oaks' prime objective remains the same, and that's to win their first league trophy in a decade. Samo Buadu has lost just a game since taking over, and if House of Oaks beat Dreams FC this weekend, the Phobians could finish at the top of the table. Their crab-based side have been dominant in their last two meetings with the still-believed side, with an aggregate scoreline of 4-0. Dreams FC have picked up just four points from two games after losing their talisman, Joseph Esso. Currently in safe, they still believe side. No, a couple of wins could see them in the title mix. Mediama Sporting Club will seek to consolidate their lead at the top of the table when they host Abyssinian Dwarfs. The Takwa-based club assumed top position after a remarkable comeback against Asante Kotoko in Obuasi at the weekend. There's a high sense of belief and optimism in Takwa that this year could be the deciding moment for the two-time FA Cup holders. Mediama are still without their star midfielder Justice Blay, whose season is completely ruined after he fractured his right fibula in their 2-1 win over Legon Cities. Dwarfs will also want to build on that emphatic 4-1 win over Great Olympics in their last encounter. Mediama are 9 points clear above their opponents lying at the top while the visitors are in 11th place. In other games, Kim Faisal are on a mission to avoid relegation and will be full of confidence after their victory over fellow relegation candidates in allies when they face Karela United, who are hoping to turn around the corner. Elmina Sharks will have the opportunity to return to winning ways when they face Ashanti Gold. 11 Wonders welcome Ediana Stars to Techiman. Bechem United battle it out with allies and Great Olympics take on rejuvenated Liberty Professionals. Okay, so after that afternoon result, yes, Wafa and four points adrift. Yeah, the top of the Ghana Premier League at the moment. After beating Brook Chelsea by three goals to two, the thrilling account of the... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Golding City Park. Wow. It was a very good Friday. Friday came really well for Wafa as they went through that. So we look forward to all the games to come. And on the Joy Sports Arena, we're here to give you the updates on Sunday. We're beginning at 3 p.m. Okay, so let's just uh, try and wrap it up. I'm still here with uh, Yao. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.
Okay, yeah, it's a full sports journalist, obviously. Uh, yeah, we've got the biggest game, and we're having commentary on that on Joy 99.7 FM, the Sports Arena. It's Manchester United versus Liverpool, and he's a Manchester United fan. Good times, really good times for you. Uh, should I think so? Um, a little bit, but it could have been better. Because um, you look at some of the, the drop points my United have um, experienced this 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 year, yeah. and you think about it, and when you add those draw points together, my United could have easily been in poor position to to win the league. Mm-hmm. My United could have easily been in poor position to win. Yeah, the league, but unfortunately, but look yeah. at those frustrating draws. For instance, last week against Leeds United, um, that three um, three draw against Everton. Um, the loss to Sheffield. There are many, there are many that you can't remember. All they yeah, been very. Of, some of the results were were pretty frustrating. That you had you you you. It was clear that Man United had it in them to win those games, mm. but they let it slip. And those are the re- those are the reasons why Man United um, isn't in poor position to win the league. For second place, no problem. Yeah, you're finishing next um, on the podium, next to the Champions. Europa League, possibly they might win it, but. You win it, and it will be the second time in what five years that they've won. Hmm. That's cool, but at the end of the day, no disrespect. You are not no disrespect to Sevilla. My United is not Sevilla that should be winning the Europa League consistently. My United should be playing in the Champions League semi-finals consistently, like Chelsea. Those are the teams that, that you should be in there. Well, be well, yeah, just just with. a final point, and maybe just a minute as you go through it. Uh, look, I'm just wondering how that. Those teams in the semi-finals of the Champions League and even of the Europa League are going to manage themselves. Maybe Manchester United have a full leg in the second leg. Of course, they're full leg in the final because they won by six goals to two. But for the likes of Chelsea, the likes of uh, Real Madrid, the likes of you know all the sides, Manchester City, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, how do they manage going into these crucial games? For Chelsea like this, Fulham is still an important game to win. Yes, it is. But um, I wouldn't play N'Golo Kante in that game. I, and risk um, him getting injured because we watched that game and he he was the guy. Mm. He he made everything happen for for Chelsea. So I wouldn't risk him. You you can you can bring on the likes of um, Billy Gilmore. You can play um, Jorginho in the in the middle. You can play those two together. And I'll be, I believe they'll be able to um, see of um, Fulham uh, for my United. Yeah. You, you, drop, you drop um, Bruno uh, Fernandez. You play Donny Van de Beek, um, and you pair. Um, fr- Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.